Okay, good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Today is the 19th day of Teves, but tonight is the 20th day of Teves. It is the yard site of the Rambam. We're going to speak in a, we'll have a separate clip on Rabbi Yaakov Today's share is dedicated by my dear friend, Dr. Gedalia Schwartz of Norfolk, Virginia, who has uh, been a partner in the Harbatsas Torah for over a decade. And from Avarichim, Shafa Brachavaslacha. If any now, Gedalia man's WhatsApp groups. There are many WhatsApp groups. How many are there? Seven, eight WhatsApp groups. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people on it. If anybody wants to join the groups, go to our site, rabbidg.com, and your life will never be the same. So, <laughs> okay, so we're going to speak a little bit about the Rambam. It's very interesting that the Chidah brings down in the Shem Agdoilim that the Rambam considered his Rebbe the Rimagash, which is not really accurate. You should know, when the Rambam says the Rimagash was his Rebbe, he doesn't mean he learned by the Rimagash, because the Rambam was only seven years old when the Rimagash passed away. However, the Chidah brings down elsewhere that... In the Sefer, the Chidah brings in the Sefer Chadrei Baten that the Rambam kissed the hand of the Rimagash and everything he was zoicha to in Torah was for kissing the hand of the Rimagash. And our good friend Rabbi Daniel Mamon, he's a descendant of the Rambam, right? Something like that. Mamon, I mean, you know, they don't, that's not my, I don't have, you know, if your name is Mamon, that's, that's a pretty good sign. Okay, so the Rambam says that, um, the Chidah brings down in the Chadre Boten that he was Zoichet to all of his godless because he kissed the hands of the Rambam. Now, the Rambam writes about the Rimagash in his Hakdama to the Parish of Mishnayis. Ki lev ha'ish ha'hu Talmud, the knowledge of the Rimagash in Talmud, mavis l'misha yistaka b'dvarav, is astounding, is frightening. To think about what the Rimagash knew, the Rambam says it's frightening. I had this chus this summer to be at the cemetery where the Rimagash is buried in Spain. Also, the Rif is buried there. Now, there's a very famous uh, maxim. Mi Moshe, v'yad Moshe, loikom k'Moshe. You ever hear that? Anybody here named Moshe? Any Moshe's over here? You ever hear the expression? Your name is Yehuda, right? Yehuda Moshe? Wow. Wow. Yehuda Moshe, come here. Well, afterwards, afterwards. I have something for you. What does it mean, Mimosha v'yad Moshe le'kam k'Moshe? Simply it means, from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until Rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon, no one was as great as him in learning. I read an article last night by Reb Tovia Prashel that the phrase, Mimosha v'yad Moshe le'kam k'Moshe, has been applied to many, many G'daylam since. Uh, at least a dozen, the Rama, Ramosha Cordovero, many, many Gedolim. We said Mimosha, Mimosha, Leikom Kamosha. But the Chidah says there's a deep secret in this phrase, Mimosha, Mimosha. By the way, the Ritva brings it, and that is from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until the Rambam. You will not find any Tana, Amoira, or Goin who is called Moshe. It's such a common name. It's the most common name. 
from Moshe Rabbeinu until the Rambam. We don't know anyone who is named Moshe. Me Moshe, Moshe, Moshe. That's what uh, the secret that the Chida brings of Me Moshe, Moshe, Moshe. Now I want to tell you something. Many years ago, Rabbi Dari Schwartz got me a sefer. It's called Tairas Chemed of the Ramazan Rabbi Michal Ber Weissmandel. And I knew there was a remez in it, and I could never find it. I even, uh, I was going to bring in the English book where this remez appears. But I figured, since G'day is coming this morning, maybe I'll give it one more try. And I found it. Okay, you ready for this remez to the Rambam? Okay, the Ramban says that every person, Sadik or Russia, is Marumas in the Torah. We know the student of the Ramban was a man by the name of Avner who went off the Darach. And Avner asked the Ramban, where is my name in the Torah? And the Ramban said in the Pasuk, Amarti Afehem Ashbisa Me'enosh Zichram. The third letter of these words is Avner. Meaning it was a remez that Avner would uh, be destroyed. And he went up to the roof and that was the end of him. He, he jumped off. So they say in the name of the Ramban, that the Rambam is Marumas and Parshas Boy. Why? Coming up, Yehuda Moshe, you know that in two weeks it's going to be Parshas Boy. And Parshas Boy. And you know that there's a Rambam, you know that the Rambam was named after Moshe. Right? So there's a remez to Moshe. Why? It says, Vayomer Hashem el Moshe, Vayishma Aleichem Paroi, Laman Revois Moivsai Be'eretz Mitzrayim. Revois Moivsai Be'eretz Mitzrayim is Rashi Tevois. Rambam. Okay, fine. Because we know, first of all, he lived in Mitzrayim. And the Rabbi Michal Bar Weissmandel says he thinks this is in the Shem HaGdoilem. I'm not sure about that. But there, it does not quote it from the Ramban. Fine. So says Rabbi Michal Bar, let's make the following scientific experiment. Let's take the words, let's go to the words, Vayoymer Hashem El Moshe. Skip 49 letters from the Mem of Moshe, you get Umoshe Aaron Asu, the sin, Shin. Skip 49 letters, you get the Nun of B'nai Yisrael. <coughs> Skip 49 letters, you get the He of HaChodesh Hazat, Mishnah. Now skip 613 letters. You get Tough. Skip 49 letters, you get Avav. Skip 49 letters, you get Arash. Skip 49 letters, you get a hey. Mishnah, Taira. <laughs> so the remez to the Rambam of Laman, Revois, Moivsai, Be'eretz, Mitzrayim, that's Rambam, from the Mem of Moshe, you skip 49, 49, 49, Mishnah, skip 613, Taira. So you say, why do you skip 613? The answer is the Rambam says the Mishnah Taira is explaining the 613 mitzvahs. So that's a remez to the Rambam in the Sefer Tairas Chemed of Rabbi Michal Ber Weissmandel. That's amazing, no? Doctors, we have a remez to the Rambam, yeah? In the Chumash. But we're not finished. Okay. I'm going to tell you another remez. But before we do that, have a Chumash? Chumash. Does anybody know the last words, and I'm telling, I, I said this on Friday, but this is just by way of introduction to where we're going now. The last words that Yaakov Avinu ever said. Yaakov Avinu is talking to his children, and he's saying, 
please bury me in the Ma'ar Samachpela. There I buried Avraham. There I bur- there Avraham buried Sarah. There his uh, there Avraham buried Sarah his wife. There Yitzchak buried Rivka his wife. And there I buried Leah. But it doesn't say that Leah was his wife. Isn't that interesting? It says Av- there Avraham buried Sarah his wife. There Yitzchak buried Rivka his wife. There I buried Leah. So Dr. Menachem Fuchs said, why doesn't it say that there I buried Leah, my wife? Because he's talking to Yosef. He needs Yosef to take care of this. He has to be very sensitive not to refer to Leah right, as his wife. And simply, Rashi always says, Rachel is Ikaras Habayis, right? And then Yaakov says, you know what this, the Mar Samach Pela is? It's Mikne Hasada Vahama'ara Asher Boy Me'es Ches. Those are his final eight words. So, does anybody know what year did Yaakov Avinu pass away? So let's make a simple cheshman. The Yidin left Mitzrayim in the year 2448. Avram Avinu was born in 1948. 500 years later, we received the Torah. They went down to Mitzrayim 210 years earlier in the year... 210 years before 2448 is 2238. Yaakov Avinu lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years. That means he passed away in the year 2355. The gematria of the last Pasuk that Yaakov Avinu says, Mikne Hasadev Hamara Asher Boy Me'es Bnei Ches is gematria 2355, the exact year that he died. That's from the son of Rav Moshe Kajnitz. Okay, fine. So with that introduction, there is a teaching from the Vilna Gain. The Vilna Gain says the number of Psukim in the Torah, something like 5,800 and change, correspond to the years of the world's existence. The Rambam was born in the year 4895. The Rambam was born in the year 4895. Let's go to the 4,895th Pasuk in the Chumash. Be'ever hayarden be'eretz mo'yav. Be'er Moshe es ha-toyrah hazois leymar. Moses began to explain the Torah, 4,895th Pasuk. Be'ever, in the beginning of Devarim, Be'ever ha-yardin be'eretz mo'yav ha'il mo'yshe be'er es ha-toyrah hazois leymar. And I would humbly add, why be'eretz mo'yav? Because the Rambam was a descendant of David HaMelech. So be'ever ha-yardin be'eretz mo'yav ha'il mo'yshe be'er es ha-toyrah hazois leymar. So I'm going to tell you a little story. In the year 1978, Maran Rabavadi Yosef was invited by the Kihila in Spain to inaugurate a yeshiva in Madrid. And in that context, Rabavadi Yosef was invited to meet King Juan Carlos, who was a very wise king. He lived from 1975 to 2014, and then he abdicated to his son, Felipe. Rabavadi respected King Juan Carlos greatly, not only as a world monarch, but also as a very wise man. And Rabavadi had a halachic dilemma upon seeing King Juan Carlos. He knew he should make the bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem Lekinam El Choylam Shechalak Mikvoidoi Lebasar Vadam, that you make on a world monarch who has the power of life and death, but he also held he was a very wise man, and that you should make the bracha, Shechalak Mechachmasoi Lebasar Vadam. So Rabbi Vadya wanted to know, should he make two separate brachas, or should he make one bracha? And Rabbi Vadya Paskind, it's recorded in Shirei Rishan Lutzian Chelak Aleph, page Bays that he should combine both brachas into one, and he should say the bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Aleikeinu Melech Oilam, Shechalak, Mikavoydoi, Umechachmasoi, Lebasar Vadam. 
Reflect Juan Carlos to Rebavadi Yosef. And this is recorded in the Hakdama of Ma'ire Yisrael. Reflect Ron Carlos. Is there a difference between Ashkenazim and Sephardim, or is it like a different religion? Good question, no? We, every, we all want to ask that question also, but we don't have the guts. But Ron Carlos wanted to know, is Ashkenazi and Sephardi different religions, you know? Are they like denominations of, you know, or is it the same religion? Ravadi says the exact same thing. The only differences in minor ritual discrepancy. By the way, Ravadi writes that when we entered the palace, it was very hot. And we just came off the plane. And my Rebetzin, who is Ravadi's Rebetzin? Rebetzin Margalit. She was white. She was famished. And the queen saw that she was famished. She got out of her throne. And you know, if you know, in Spain, they have these big buildings with windows on the top. And you need to take a stick and lift up the window. And the queen got off the throne and opened up the window for Rebetzin Margalit. Says Ravadia, it was a kiyam of the nevuah. That queens will serve us. That was Neskayim when the queen of Spain served my wife. Fine. Then King Juan Carlos said to Rebavadya, Chatanu avinu pashanu to your people 500 years ago when we kicked your people out of Spain. And you should know, in the process of the uh, Inquisition, many Jews went to Amsterdam in Holland and they were accepted there in open arms. And that's where the very first Bible was published, printed. Says Juan Carlos, I have the copy of the first Bible ever ever published. I learn it every single day. And now Juan Carlos asked of Avadia, the best kasha I ever heard in my life. Frecht Juan Carlos to Avadia Yosef. How many Sephardim live in Israel today? So Avadia said, well, Sephardi is a very generic term. Edos HaMizrach, Jews from Bavel, from Egypt, from Morocco, from Syria, from Yemen, from Russia, from the Balkans, they're all Sephardim. So at this point, King Juan Carlos asked an amazing question. Why would you call a Jew from Yemen a Sephardi? He was never in Spain in his whole life. Why would you call a Jew from Syria a Sephardi? Why would you call a Jew from Egypt a Sephardi? They're not, they're not Spaniards. Why are we calling every Jew who's not Ashkenazi a Spaniard? It has nothing to do with Spain. They were never there. Their ancestors were never there. This was such a good kasha. Rabbi Vadya published the kasha in his sefer, Ma'ira Yisrael. Says Rabbi Vadya, an answer which is such ga'inus, it's mamish, a yisoid musad. Says Rabbi Vadya, we know that Klal Yisrael is different than any other nation. Ein umasenu uma ela betaira. All other nations have a common land, a common language. But the Jewish people, we are defined not by, our, not by our language, not by our land, but by our Torah. Says Rabbi Vadya, any Jew who accepted upon himself the authority of the Rambam is a Sephardi, is a Spaniard. Because the definition of a Jew, your identity is, who do you learn Torah from? If you accept the Rambam, you're a Spaniard. Vayitav hadavar King Juan Carlos was beaming that Jews all over the world call themselves Spaniards because they're Mechabel, the authority of the Rambam. So a Jew from Yemen in Teman, they go back to the Rambam, straight, nobody else. 
So they're Spaniards. Then King Juan Carlos gave Rebavadia a cross. And Rebavadia wrote a tshuva that it's mutter to keep. And a cross is not a Vaidazara. Because it's just a symbol. Many years later, Rebavadia had um, very bad joint pains and other, and other difficulty in the mishpacha. So his wife brought in a makubal to check the mezuzahs. And they checked the mezuzahs, and the makubal said, Do you have Avodah in the house? Rabbi said, Get out of here! You're an imposter! You're a charlatan! You don't even know a blood gemara! I don't have arthritis because I have the cross. The cross is mutter. I have arthritis because I learned Torah as a kid in a wet basement. You, do you know a blood gemara? He tested him. The guy didn't know a blood gemara. He threw him out, and he called him. We'll leave it at that. So don't be nispoiled from uh, charlatans. Anyway, that was uh, one of my favorite stories. Okay. Um, what else do we have on the Rambam? The Rambam was born in Spain. He was born in Cordova. His father then had to run away to Fez. He did not, they didn't have safe haven in Fez. And they came to... By the way, the, the Rambam was born on Erev Pesach in 1135. They didn't have a safe haven there, and uh, they ha- they came to Eretz Yisrael. Ultimately, the Rambam went into a business deal, a partnership with his brother David, who was a merchant, and um, David supported the Rambam. However, David went on a business trip to India, and his ship was lost at sea, and the Rambam fell into a very great uh, state of morose and depression, where he couldn't get out of bed for an entire year. Um, uh, Upon his new reality that he didn't have support, that's when the Rambam became a doctor. He didn't serve as a doctor. He was forced to because he didn't have livelihood. Um, At that point, he describes his daily schedule where he would work most of the day for the sultan and he would come home at night and he literally had no strength at all left. Um, And really it's amazing that the Rambam was able to produce what he did. Legend has it that the Rambam was ultimately buried in Tiberia, and that is a major topic, what evidence there is that he's buried in Tiberia. But uh, those are, now, share with you something else. My great-grandfather was a Talmud of Rabbi Shula Mikutna. Rabbi Shula Mikutna was one of the great Goinim in Poland, one of the sharpest minds in Poland, Rabbi Shula Mikutna. And my great-grandfather's name was Pesach Moshe Goldman. He was a Talmud of Yeshua Mikutna. Yeshua Mikutna wrote a Sefer Yeshua's Malkai. Okay, it's a commentary on the Rambam. In the Hakdama of the Yeshua's Malkai, he brings, why do I call the Sefer Yeshua's Malkai with the word Melech? He says, if you notice, most of the Perushim on the Rambam have the word Melech in it. Why is that? He says, because if you look in the Arizal, the Arizal says the Rambam had the neshama of the Amoira Shmuel. Now Shmuel was a doctor. Shmuel in Shas is called Aryoich, Melech Elasar. Shmuel is called Melech. Therefore, Alpi Hashgacha El all the Mefarshim on the Rambam have the word Melech in it, because the Rambam was the Gilgal of Shmuel, who was a doctor, who was known as Melech Elasar. 
So, uh, many years ago, I saw in the writings of the Torah Tamima, he says that if you look, there's a difference between the Rashba and the Rambam. And I was afraid to say this over, because uh, the Baal Torah Tamima brings that if you look at a Rashba, you can't ask any questions on the Rashba. It's solid, it's like ironclad, there there are no weak points, so to speak. But on the Rambam, so many questions. And the reason for that, he says, is that the Rajba learned with Talmidim. So everything was ironed out like a thousand times, but the Rambam was on his own. And this is what the Baal Tartamim writes. And I was very scared to say this over, because how could you say anything that even intimates that there's any chesarn at all in the So I spoke to the Yishvile Pinchas, or Pinchas Friedman, I asked him, am I allowed to say this over? So he said, you could say it over in the following Nusach. That of course, there are no weak points in the Rambam. We paskin like the Rambam. The Rambam is one of the three Amude Paira. But why does it seem like to us that there's so many questions on the Rambam and the Rajba, it's like, you know, the reason it seems that way to us is the process that the, that the Rambam was put to paper did not go through the same procedure as the Rajba. But, but of course, the Psak of the Rambam is uh, one of the Amudei Olam. Anyway, that's how the Shvi'el Pinchas advised that we could say this over. Okay? Zuchusai, Yagem, Aleinu, Amen.